In keeping with our mission of bringing you rock and roll music that deserves to be heard and conversations with the talented artists creating the music, today we are joined by a musician who has played with Frank Cannon, is currently the bass player for one of my all-time favorite bands, Y&T, and also has been releasing his own music, Aaron Lee. Thank you for joining us, Aaron. Thank you, Ralph. Thanks for having me today. And nice shirt you got there on. I, I had to wear it yeah. in your honor today, yes. <laughs> Even though it's a little hot here in uh, in uh, Sacramento, California with black on, but it's okay. Yeah, no, it, it sure is hot today, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, we're, we're here sort of similar in the same area here, so yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. That's funny. You know, I'm a longtime Chicago guy and recently had to move here and, and my old radio background that I used to do a lot of Chicago bands, unsigned Chicago bands, signed Chicago bands, whatever. So I feel like now I'm living here and I'm interviewing a local legend right here now. So I'm uh, kind of doing almost <laughs> what I used to do in Chicago. <laughs> cool. But, but anyway, Aaron, I, I just wanted to get you on here. I know a little, just two, three months ago or so, you had released a new solo single, Live for Today. Um, I wasn't in a position to talk to you then because we were making the move and getting things ready to move here. So I definitely want to touch on that. But also for our audience here that might not know your whole career trajectory, um, I know Frank Hannon was instrumental in helping you out and getting you somewhere. And so I was wondering if you could tell us kind of how you how you got going and how you ended up in Y&T. Well, uh, just try to make it as quick as possible. I know this is always the most boring part of an interview is the, you know, growing up and all that stuff. No. So I grew up in San Jose, born and raised. I uh, moved out here to the Sacramento area in 2008. And uh, a few years after I moved here, I ended up meeting Frank Hannon randomly in a, a club that I was, uh, I used to book the talent there. And I was up at the bar as I usually was. And um I turned around and Frank Hannon was standing behind me with his kids and uh, I wasn't even really sure if it was him, but it was. And we ended up uh, chatting it up and he took my phone number uh, and then he called me, I'd say, um, and this was in 2012, actually, when this was taking place. Uh -huh. But uh, he gave me a call. He was on the road with Tesla and they were touring with the Scorpions at the time. And he says, hey, man, I want you to go down and, and uh, jam with my uh, my drummer and I'm looking for a bass player. So I you know, as he was on the road, I just went and jammed with his drummer here in town. She got back to him, said, yeah, he'll, he'll work, you know. So we all got together and jammed. We ended up playing some Rush songs for the audition. Nice, nice. Um, after about, you know, a, a half of a Rush song or two, you know, whatever that was, uh, he just hung up his guitar, walked away, and he goes, well, I've heard enough. And I thought, oh, great, I didn't get the gig with the guy. <laughs> and uh, he just ended up walking away, goes, I've heard enough, you're in. So I was right on man so a lot of uh, things changed for me um once i got in frank's solo band and a lot of doors you know were opening and uh doing gigs with him you know and meeting other people just being in the circle um and then basically what had happened was once the frank hannon band slowed down um from being able to do shows because tesla was getting busy again frank had a good idea to uh, bring me out on the road with with him and, and tesla and work for tesla so I ended gotcha. up, yeah, I ended up doing, uh, I started off doing merch uh, for Tesla and then um, ended up being his guitar tech and then, you know, ended up doing tours with, with Tesla and, and uh, working for the band, but all the same time, you know, still playing with Frank and his solo band. Mm -hmm. And we recorded an album together called World Peace, uh, co-produced that with him, played bass on it and mixed half the record, the first half. 
mm -hmm. of the CD. Um, and, you know, I was with Frank up until about 2015. And, um, you know, Tesla just kept getting busier and busier. Um, I basically quit working for Tesla. And uh, shortly after I stopped uh, working with Tesla, I got a call from Jill Minichetti from YNT, who's the manager for uh, YNT. Right. And she asks if I'd be interested in doing 30 days of a YNT tour as a guitar tech because she had heard through mutual friends that I was teching for Tesla. So I took the opportunity to, uh, you know, be a guitar tech for Dave Menachetti and John Nyman and, uh, you know, playing Dave's 68 Les Paul, the, the classic, you know, a guitar that he's played his whole life, basically. Um, so uh, did that, that tour, that 30 days and had a great time. Um, Brad Lang was the bass player at the time. Mm hmm in the band. And I, about three weeks later, I got a call from, uh, an email actually from Jill manager. And she was asking if I'd be interested in possibly joining YNT. So I immediately, uh, lost my mind and, <laughs> um, you know, and went and did the audition, uh, which was more of a jam. It wasn't so much an audition. They already knew that they wanted me to, to join the band is just a matter of just getting together to play together mm -hmm. and of course all these songs came flooding back to me because i've been a fan of y&t since i was 14 or 15 years old and playing all these songs as i was growing up learning how to play bass and listening to y&t and phil kenimore you know all those classic songs and and uh learning the bass lines to those songs that's right when i started learning how to play bass was around that time right. that i discovered y&t um, so to actually get in one of my favorite bands of all time as the bass player, you know, it's dreams come true. And I'll say that, uh, you know, without meeting Frank and going and doing what I did with him, I more than likely probably wouldn't have ended up in YNT. Mm -hmm. So, um, what I have to say to all you aspiring musicians or people that are looking to do music or be in the business, don't ever be above doing things that, you normally would think that oh, I'm not going to sell merch. I'm a musician. You know, I'm, I should be the one on stage. No, don't ever sell yourself short. Always take those opportunities if they work for you, because it could lead you to the next phase of your career. And right. I hear this a lot through uh, other musicians too. There's, I'm not the only guy that ended up in one of his favorite bands in this way. There's many people that have accomplished that. Um, big names. You know, I, I think Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden, uh, you know, he was the drum tech for uh, Clive Burr and he ended up getting an Iron Maiden, you know, so, right. uh, you know, there, there's, there's numerous stories like that, but um, in a nutshell, that's kind of from, you know, growing up in San Jose, being a big YNT fan and a Tesla fan and all that. And just things came together and here we are. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that story. I had heard a little bit about that. And that's why I wanted to hear it straight from you. I think that's a pretty fascinating story. And that's great that that got you to where you're at now. And obviously, besides bass, you write a lot of songs yourself. Um, so I, I've been listening to your new solo stuff. And as you know, I had the opportunity to go see a play a couple of weeks back in uh, yeah. lovely Lincoln, California. Yeah. Um, and, you know, pretty interesting. In fact, I was interested in your, in your live setup there when you're playing just the solo acoustic, as you've been doing. I noticed every guitar you have are all 12 strings. No six. Yes. No. Well, you know, I used to have an acoustic duo. And when I started that off, you know, uh, 
two of us with two six strings sounded pretty cool, you know, because it's doubled up. Uh, and, and, but when I started doing the solo thing, I discovered that the 12 string just sounded bigger, of course. Um, and it just, it sounds almost like there's a couple other guitars playing behind you, you know? So I, right. I really gravitate to the sound of the acoustic 12 string and that's been my main deal pretty much since I've been doing the solo acoustic stuff. So, uh, I noticed Kip yeah, Winger is sure. the same way he, when he does his solo stuff, Kip, Kip Winger for, uh, you know, Kip. From Winger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he's got this 12 string. I'm not kidding, man. It, it's like it's got this supercharged turbo thing in it or something. It sounds huge. And and it and when I saw him do it, it just reinforced me to, you know, oh yeah, I gotta just stick with the 12 string. Listen to that. That's great. Right. Right. And it does. I agree with you how it sounds. I was just surprised when I saw you that that's you know, that was it. No six string at all in any of the material you covered. So I thought that yeah, was yeah. kind of interesting that you did 12 on all because I've seen a guy's doing acoustic sets where they bring out a 12 string, but not for their entire set. And you, you were using it for your entire set. I just thought that was a little different. Yeah. And, and the reason I had a, a few guitars up there, they're all in different tunings. So the 12 string is tuned in different for different songs. And, you know, so that's why I had the multiple 12s up there. Gotcha. Well, it sounds good. Sounds Thank really you. good. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about some of your uh, music. So you've got, an EP out with four songs on it. And then live for today. The song that was released was that around June. I kind of lost track yeah, of time June, with, with my June, move. June 25th. Yeah. Yeah. It was your latest. So let's talk about the EP first. When, when was that recorded? Well, if we go back even before the EP, um, it was basically a single that I put out called insanity. That was okay. the first, my first uh, song that I released as a solo artist. And in the time of, you know, not touring and downtime, and it was like, what else am I going to do? I've got right. the means to do it. I might as well just go record some music. And it was coming out at the time, you know. Um, so I released Insanity, and then I followed that up with um, July Judy, which is a cover of an old Fleetwood Mac song from 1970. Right. Great and version of it, by the way. Thank you so much. One of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs of all time, uh, long before Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham were in the band. Right. Um, and then I followed that up with uh, uh, an acoustic kind of a chill uh, number called Tell Me. And then uh, Don't Say Goodbye was another track I had that I just finished up. So I just figured I'd just compile all four of them and put them on a CD, you know, just as an EP. Um, I feel like the singles and the EP thing works really well in this climate right now of music um, in the consumption of music because most people don't have time sitting around listening to whole CDs, whole records, things like right. that, you know? So uh, the compact, you know, EP four song thing just seemed to make sense at the time. And that's why I released it that way. And then after the EP, I had uh, released uh, Live For Today. Gotcha. And Live For Today, um, the latest song, um, lyrically, I thought that was, it sounded, but that song, really that song, but don't say, get, um, the don't say song as well, sounded really personal um were those written out of you know personal feelings or are they you know just like fictional but you know real feelings that people have yeah yeah it's just this uh, universal human condition i guess you know mm -hmm. um you know when it comes to uh you know like live for today for instance you know that that lyrical content is just basically coming out of um you know living in the moment and most of us don't know how to do that and it takes effort a lot of effort to really realize, you know, to, to try to live in the moment. Everyone's so worried about what's coming up, you know, and you just don't know, or you're so stuck in the past that you're, you're 
screwing things up for your future. And, you know, so right. it's kind of the, the lyrical, uh, I guess, uh, concept behind live for today. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought great stuff. I'm really, I'm really happy for you. And, and, um, you, did you play everything on these songs? Yeah. I mean, you yeah, were it. Yeah. Well, minus on, uh, on insanity. I had Frank Hannon, uh, from Tesla. He uh, played a guitar solo on that. And on Live For Today, he actually plays a guitar solo as well. So all those guitar stabs you hear on Live For Today, that's Frank Hannon. I'm playing all the rhythm parts, you know, mm -hmm. in the back. But, um, you know, Live For Today is kind of a, a little story behind that of how Frank even got involved was uh, I had finished the track. It was mastered and I was going to put it out. And where there, the guitar solo is in the song was just basically a bass jam. It was just kind of this, you know, I was thinking in terms of like Getty Lee, Rush, um, like Free Will, you know, how there's this breakdown, you know, this bass jam. So right. I was kind of coming from that angle and I was just going to put it out like that. I was thinking there's not enough bass solos in songs anymore. Right. You know, what, my generation, you know, the who. So um, I sent it to Frank because he was asking if I'd been writing still and and uh, he, he heard the song and then he immediately gets back. He goes, hey, man, let me put a solo on this. And I said, by all means, go for it. Right. And he turned it right back around. And then I said, all right, now the song's done. <laughs> he killed it. So oh, that's, that's how that awesome. Happened. That's yeah. awesome. That's that. He, he's a good guy to have that can just say, oh, yeah, I'll throw a solo on there for you. No problem. Yeah. And what's even better than that is that he offered. I didn't ask him. So right. <laughs> exactly. That more exactly. special. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I thought you had played everything on there, obviously. Um, uh, everything else, though. Pretty yes, much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much everything. You, yeah. you, and you recorded this at home. You got a studio at your house or. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier is that, you know, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't take the time that I have, you know, uh, while I'm not touring with Y&T or gigging a lot to, uh, to, to go record some music, you know, right. I know at that time, you know, during the, when we were all locked down and things like that, um, so many musicians are writing and putting stuff out and there's just this overwhelming flood of new music now coming out, you know, right. still, I mean, it's just crazy. It's great though. I mean, it's very cool that people can, you know, take their creativity, um, and, and make something, you know, in a, in a time of, of crap, you know, really. right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what music has always done for me, at least, you know, if, if you're going through a rough time, there's nothing better than, than music. So absolutely. Uh, and that's a great way to channel, ch channel, um, you know, some negative energy flowing around us, you know, so yep, I, think, I think that's good. Um, and speaking of, you know, not being able to play a lot, you have obviously been able to do a, a few shows on your own. I know YNT, I believe you had gigs this past weekend, kind of yeah. local ish. Um, how's it, how's it looking is, do you, do you see things opening up more, um, maybe in 22 or, um, is it still pretty sparse for, for bands getting out there to play? Well, we're in a unique situation, YNT that is, um, because we usually tour, um, the U S in January through towards March, mm -hmm. February. Yeah. Um, it's a couple months that we would usually hit the U S well, we're not doing that, um, next year. So we've just got some spotty uh, dates here and there, small runs, things like that, that are, uh, I guess, based more on the West Coast, um, you know, Nevada, Arizona, um, but no U.S. touring for 22. We do have a European tour booked and hopefully that will stick. 
for uh, November. I think it is late October um, of 22. Yes. Not, not yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I mean, you know, more and more things are opening up uh, the protocols that are being taken just to make sure that, you know, people are safe. I mean, if that's what needs to happen, so be it, you know, uh, to keep these venues going and open and let people enjoy music again, you know, so. Right. It's moving forward. It's great. And, the, you know, we just did these two shows, uh, Berkeley uh, and Monterey last weekend. And it's just great to see the fans' faces. You know, it's, sure. it's been a long time. And after 17, well, 18 months of YT not playing together, it didn't take us very long to get right back to where we were on the last tour, you know. So right. uh, we're feeling good and we're playing great. And uh, it's just like riding a bike, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, maybe that's um, the next thing for you guys is to all get together and put a new album together during this downtime. That could be a good thing. It's been a little it, while since the last one. It, it could be a good thing. It would be a great thing. I mean, you know, Ralph, I want nothing more than to, um, uh, you know, be part, deeper part of the legacy of Y&T is to be on a, a new record with, uh, you know, helping to write the songs. That would be a, another dream come true for me, you know, being such a huge fan of the band. Honestly, though, I don't know if that's happening anytime soon. You know, I don't see it coming, but, um, you know, things things are changing every day. Who knows? You know, who knows where we'll yeah. go. And, and as you know, you, you know, you can be all in separate places and put together a pretty good sounding record nowadays. So uh, it's certainly agree. doable from that standpoint. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm with you, brother. With you. Well, well, what about for you? You got any do you have any more dates coming up? I've always got solo acoustic stuff kind of brewing around town here. You know, I mean, uh, you're, you're here in the Sacramento area. Um, I've got these little spots that I'll go to, you know, every few weeks and do what I do. Um, and yeah, so you just go to AaronLee.com or you hit me up on the Facebook or Instagram, you know, things like that. Um, I always promote where I'm going to be, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so you know, in between Y and T doing some spotty stuff here and there and doing some solo acoustic stuff here and there, I'll, I'll stay busy. And do you, do you, um, do you have, do you ever work in your studio doing, um, yeah, I know you've, you've done some engineering, uh, work. Do you do that kind of thing for other bands at all? I do. Um, you know, probably a lot of stuff you, you never heard of, of course, but mm -hmm. a lot of local stuff, you know, I'm, I've actually got a, a couple guys, uh, you know, in here right now that, um, you know, doing a few songs for, for a local situation here, but yeah, it's, I, I love the, the process of recording. It's that's, you know, um, it's, I see my, myself doing that in my older years, you know, once right. the touring is, is kind of like, Oh man, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to travel. Um, right. you know, being in the studio is a great thing. I love it. And just the, the process and, you know, mixing, I love getting in the zone and mixing tracks and, you know, mm -hmm yeah that's great all right well any um any new music on the horizon for you and you know any new singles coming absolutely yes um i've got an another original that i'll be releasing soon before the end of the year that's for sure um and and then i've got this idea of a uh, cover that i'm also gonna record i'm gonna head out in a couple weeks into santa cruz scott's valley actually uh, but he's a world-class studio out in Scotts Valley that I'm going to go cut a track 
Uh, I'm not going to say what it is yet. It's a cover. Um, it's a little deeper of a cut of a very famous artist that should get a lot more credit, uh, but hasn't. He was huge in England, but the U.S. didn't really grasp it. So interesting. That happens yeah. a lot, I think, with artists. They'll have something really special, but it doesn't catch on everywhere. And you know, some and a lot sometimes that's here. I've known a lot of bands that did way better, like say in Japan, for example, than they yeah. did in Chicago. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, Cheap Trick's a great example, really. I mean, they were gigging at all these little clubs in Chicago, and then Japan happened, and Budokan happened, and boom, they were yeah. you know blowing up. So lightning in a bottle. Yeah, yeah it, it is interesting. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today and, and tell us a little bit about your solo material. I'm really excited about that. I look forward to whatever this song ends up being uh, when it comes out. And uh, everybody that's listening or watching this, um, as I was telling Aaron, I'm not the greatest with the Zoom yet. So I don't know if I'll be inserting any of his songs here, but definitely over the next few weeks on our weekly music program, we're going to feature uh, each of Aaron's songs uh, throughout the coming weeks. So, Aaron Lee, thank you so much for joining Radio Bypass. Hey, I appreciate it, Ralph. Thank you so much for having me. You got it, buddy. All right.